Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast. The podcast where we try and answer the age-old question, is Blake Bortles the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> if you're Jason Mendoza, the answer is yes. <laughs> if you're anyone else, the answer is no. Okay. And that is the end of our show because we just ended the question. Just kidding. That's not what this show is about. Although that's very that was a very niche, deep incredibly cut, niche, good place reference. That is what this podcast is about. <laughs> yeah. What's up, dude? How you doing? Doing great. I actually, awesome. before uh, we started recording, um, Kate and I watched the last episode of The Good Place. We didn't get to finish it. Uh-huh. That's why it's like fresh in my mind. I literally, I don't know. I I, uh, I had my first Sunday shift today. My new, uh, I'm at my new job. It's been my job since. Nah, I'm coming up on nine months, like eight eight and a half months there, yeah. but um. We on my on my lunch break we watched the Good Place and then towards the end, um, while I was waiting for you and stuff, I I watched uh, Game of Thrones. I'm in the last season. Wow, dude, you're really pushing through that. Yeah, because I watch it on my lunch breaks and I sometimes watch it while I'm working too. Because of I, course, yeah, yeah. Why not? I work from home. Yeah. Um, but I, I already know I'm I'm gonna have to finish the whole thing because my whole plan of like, Oh, let's watch it until it stops being good. I'm already there kind of. And I'm like, I got to keep watching. Yeah. You're almost done. Um, how's Hamlet? Hamlet is, uh, next week I should have a better answer for you because well, so far we've just had like, like I've had three rehearsals now and they've all just been like talking about, the process and the characters and stuff like that really right. tomorrow we start doing scene work and then i think that's kind of like what's on tap for the rest of the thing and it's going to be it's going to be crazy so that sounds pretty exciting dude. like they added more like i already felt like i had a ton of lines and then they added more not a lot more but like they added like i want to say like three or four sentences or whatever to the speech that i had and then they mm-hmm. added like one or two lines, I think two lines in a previous scene. Mm. I was like, <sighs> plus I already fucking, I made myself add in another one that they took out because I was like, no, it doesn't make sense without this line. I have to say this line. And they're like, okay, you're right. You know better than us. And I was like, yeah. yeah, well, I do. yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, I just moved out of my house, which has been weird. Nice. Yeah. Not a lot. Um, you know, just like not having a home to go home to. So that's been weird. Um, so I'm starting that transition to, to move back to Texas. And uh, yeah, been okay. Going to an event tonight to honor some greats of comedy. In oh. LA at the Palladium. Nice. Who's being honored? I can't really say. I'm just kidding. I can never say. It's um, um, George Carlin. 
Richard oh, Pryor. posthumously. Oh, also posthumously. So is it are they all dead? And Rod Williams. This is gonna be sad as fuck. No, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so many celebrities there. Mm, true. Very, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be hanging out with Jim Carrey in a big deal. Uh, which is literally my, one of my comedic. I mean, a lot of people's a comedic hero. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jim Carrey. I like Jim Carrey a lot. I wish he would have shut the fuck up about the Will Smith Chris Rock situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah the, the, and as a matter of fact, that, that applies to a lot of people. It's just like whatever. Like, I saw the best take on the whole thing, and this is like we're going back several weeks now, so I shouldn't even be bringing this up. But Jim Carrey reminded me. I saw an article from like that was a quote from Daniel Radcliffe, and Daniel Radcliffe isn't on social media really. Right. I think he oh, has yeah. a Twitter, but I think people post. I did. I did hear his. Like he got asked to comment on it and he said, I'm so dramatically bored with hearing other people's takes on it. I don't want to add to that. And I was like, yep. And that was our, by the way, like the next day or that the following week, you know, a few days after, like within, within time for people to still be processing way fucking on points so early about it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I was done with it. And then, um, and then Dave, Dave, uh, Dave, Bell sent me someone had made a mod uh for Super Smash Brothers and put Will Smith in it. Oh shit right up. Laughing people, all the characters. And it's really funny. And I was I thought I was love done. It. But turns out I'm not because the internet's undefeated. I love um, that dude. But um yeah, I mean, you know, I was very entertained. You know how I wasn't entertained by the first couple of fights of the fucking fight card yesterday. Mm, well, the second fight, which is the one I want to talk about, was good. It was good. But as I was thinking, I remember tweeting this out. Uh, I think it was maybe the it was the Grand Dawson fight. So we're into the main card. You know, it was the Grand Dawson fucking Jared Gordon fight. I tweeted this out. This fight is making me flaccid. Fucking super boring, uninteresting fight. And then it picked up in the third round. Yeah, like, of course, like after I tweeted that, I was like, well, fuck. Yeah, the card was weird. Like I said, parts of it felt kind of boring. I was watching a good portion of it at the bar and um, it just felt like a little bit lackluster. And then with the exception of um, a couple of, and I'm like, I guess the submissions just came and went, I guess. As cool as they were, they just like you yeah. were just okay. Like um, the Figueredo uh, submission that happened like so fast, like they were scrambling back and forth, and all of a sudden it's just like okay, knee bar. Like oh okay, um, right. And then we moved okay. on, huh? And then we moved on. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the thing is that we had this like, I will say the first fight, the girls, the ladies were were going to town, um, but uh, yeah. yeah, but Young was just. She was so strong. Um, yeah, she really, was too much for Gina. Yeah, she really manhandled Mazzani. So anyway, um, let's go ahead and talk about your prelim pick. Yeah, uh, Natan Levy versus Mike Breeden. What a fucking banger that was. It was, yeah. And what an amazing uh, post-fight speech by Natan Le- uh, Levy. Wow. The, yeah. uh, oh, I could take a moment of silence for... 
uh, all the Holocaust victims, but we'd be silent for 11 and a half years. And I think the broadcast would cut me off or something like that. It's kind of, it was like corny joke, but the, the rest of it rang true. And I was like, yeah, go ahead and fucking talk about it. But besides that, the fight was incredible. And that's what I mainly wanted to highlight. It's just like, they were getting after it. You know, I felt like they, they were, favoring offense while still being at least on Natan's part still being defensively responsible mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't just like fucking Gaethje Chandler where it was just like oh let's go all offense pedal to the metal throw caution to the wind it wasn't one of those type of fights mm-hmm. but it was like hey man let's fucking get after it and like the way Natan like they they showed you know a few times the highlights the way he got dropped and then immediately transitioned to the heel hook Mm-hmm. I just it, it was it was amazing. It oh yeah, was amazing. So it was um it was pretty pretty fast paced uh for them. I mean it was I don't know there was just like something to be said about their their pace and then obviously when we got to the the main event uh we were like okay well it turns out we don't know what pace is all about because fucking Cheeto and Rob just ran the pace like Oof. crazy for five rounds. But anyways we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, do you have anything else to say on the fight? No, I uh, just mainly wanted to just say it was a fucking really good fight. And like, there were times when, like, I think in the, in the, in the beginning or not in the beginning, like in the second round, like up to the second round, I was kind of, I wasn't sure how dominant Natan was, mm-hmm. but then I, like, there was a point where I realized it was like, oh yeah, he's been fucking him up this whole time. Yeah, because like the third round was really bad for Mike Breeden, mm-hmm. and I like I I tweeted him. I was like, "Bubba, you had him hurt. You had him rocked. Why didn't you like?" That was the only thing that was like literally like what what people get on Kelvin Gastelum for in the Izzy fight, how he like had him rocked and then went for a takedown. And I feel like it's not uncommon. Like you do see that from certain fighters, but like, come on, dude, you could have you could have got him out of there. Yeah, I mean, a good example is the um the nate and leon one that was probably the best example of it oh yeah that's the worst example yeah. i Literally mean just, on skates and decides to like fucking point at him yeah that's why whenever people are like you know saying like nate diaz is like undefeated and three rights whatever i'm like you're a fucking clown he could have done it everybody saw it clown. yeah dude but it is what it nate is. diaz could be fighting kamara usman which, <laughs> which you know would, really, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about the, uh, Alexander Romanov, uh, and Chase Sherman fight. Hey, this went exactly as everybody assumed. Uh, there's a reason why he was the, the, the biggest favorite on the card. Um, just, and why Chase is the biggest underdog in UFC history. Yeah. Um, um, just smothered him just easy. Just oh. came forward, man took him over, threw him down, uh, got on his hips and just started punching. Then all of a sudden he was like, well, I see your arm out there. Let's just get a quick more. Just yeah. A little quick Americana. Fast. It was like, how about how, how, uh, how shredded he came in, not shredded, but severely compared to his previous times we've seen him. Like Mm -hmm. he looks cut as hell. He looks shredded. So yeah, I think he's going to be great. I mean, let's fucking pump the brakes. I saw G share this tweet before we started recording where, 
it was a quote from him. I don't know if it was in the presser or wherever he got interviewed and back where it was like, Oh, I, I hear John Jones is looking to make a comeback and doesn't have an opponent. Like, bro, sit the fuck down. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess you, by the way, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. But also so, if you saw the photos of John Jones, like just recently, they're they just started coming out on twitter and stuff like that and he just looks like he just got a real big dad bod now <laughs> so, who knows what's gonna happen with him but because what was the, it, like, uh alexander romanoff lost some weight and john jones found it uh what was it like two weeks ago the whole conversation about like steve and john jones and then that went away so well i I guess it, like Dana had put it out there was, oh yeah, we were looking maybe them to, to headline a card in July at MSG or whatever. Mm. And then it came out that Stipe wasn't ready. Like John tweeted out, I was like, oh, I guess if he's not ready, you know, we can do September or something. Cause I guess that was what, what we were saying, like earliest September is when I could be ready, whatever. And yeah, like, um, okay. Yeah. And, and uh, has International Fight Week, have, there, have those fights been announced yet? No, right? Because some July fights have been announced. Uh, I think they have. It's oh. 276. Okay. Yeah, because I know Joanna Weili is on there. Oh, that's right. Let me see if I can pull it up here. Because we had... Think the one of the fight in Singapore? Uh, oh, man. No, I think... Oh, no, that... that's, different people. that's different fighters. That's different fighters. That's um, yeah. Wait, hold on. No, Singapore to that two seventy five is in Singapore, June eleventh. I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. That's Yuri and Glover. Yes. Or at least on the UFC website, it says TBD versus TBD for fucking maybe. Well, maybe they don't have a main event, but they've announced some fights. Right. Although okay. I can say this also fucking UFC's website is unreliable, dude. Right. That's why I always use topology, but. Uh, to to find specific events in topology, if it's not immediate, is kind of a pain in the ass. So, um, I was there, but yeah, I I know, I know, Zhang Zhang Li versus Joanna Yonjecek two is on there. I think they're like the third fight or something. Well, I mean, we got a lot of rounds. Yeah, we got a lot of interesting things coming up. But uh, let's lead into the very first fight of the uh, of the main card uh let's manifest a segue here yeah let's manifest a real quick segue because uh Jutko really just showed us that you can wrestle fuck anyone yeah Jocko really showed that uh his name means boring in polish wow bro let me pull up his record i swear to god dude i have never liked any of his fights okay like he's one that like he's not problematic as far as i know He's just nothing. Like he's not. He's not a fighter. I hate. He's, like he, and he's not untalented necessarily. I mean, he had a. He was on like a three fight skid not that long ago, but he picked it up. Um, yeah, I guess the last of that. Oh well, twenty eighteen was that three fight skid I'm talking about. So, I guess I'm wrong. He lost to fucking Sean Strickland. But I'm just looking at his fights. The first time I ever saw him perform was david branch when david branch was making his ufc re-debut like i guess david branch was in the ufc a long time ago and then he left had to go to world series of fighting which is now pfl 
mm-hmm. came back to the UFC in 2017. And that, that was his debut fight was Christoph Jocko. And I remember David Branch doesn't fight super exciting really in general anyway. Mm-hmm. And so the, their styles clashed and made a boring house fight. But specifically at that time, Christoph didn't have as much grappling and stuff. And David Branch was pushing him up against the cage. And Christoph would just be looking at the rep for like a separation and rolling his eyes. I'm like, bro, you got to fucking do something. And right. since then, I've hated him. I've hated watching his fights, dude. You're right. No. I knocked him the fuck out. That's great. Oh, that's right. Brad Tavares finished him. Brad Tavares before that hadn't got a finish prior to his last finish was like 2011. And he fucking knocked Christoph Jocko out 2018. Yeah. So yeah. Good on him for getting a boring win. That said, I mean, it does sound salty because I'm a fan of GM three. So it makes it seem like I'm like, Oh, he beat my guy. I'm going to talk shit. But like, I honestly was thinking about, I was like, you know, I've never liked a single one of his fights. Right. Yeah, I wish I really wish Jim would have won this, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. Um, he, I will give credit to Christoph. He like he escaped some submissions that I didn't think he was going to because of how good Gerald is. Um, but he did, so gotta give credit there. Guess you you survived, right? Which is obviously he was being dominant, but like, wasn't there? Okay, there was a point. No, this is. I'm sorry. This is the Darren Elkins fight. We'll get there when we get there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, moving on from Christoph Jocko. It's a real segue. The there was a time, and like I tweeted this out, okay. Like Tristan Conley fucking debuted in the UFC against Michelle Pereira, mm-hmm. had that amazing performance where he went up a weight class. Well, he's now a featherweight. I don't think he's been a career featherweight. I could be wrong. I think he was a career lightweight, but either way, it was. Short notice, he went up to 170. Hmm. Fucking 30 27 them just absolutely dominated Michelle Pereira, which was like, hey, what the fuck? Um, and so I was like, okay, this is he's gonna be one of my guys now. Ever since then, he has now he has not failed to disappoint me. I think he's had one win in the UFC beyond that, but even that, I was like, okay. And then he's just had a bunch of losses, and I was like, okay, Darren Elkins is on his way out. They're mm-hmm. giving him a gimme fight here. I'm not saying a gimme. I shouldn't say that, but you know, they're they're it's it's a guy that you can build your name off of. This should be a winnable fight based on the fact of where you are in your careers. Nope, Darren Elkins fucking beat the dog shit out of him, dude. Like there was a moment which, which I thought was the GM3 fight in my mind initially was when Darren Elkins had his back and had the body triangle and was just well, hitting those punches since Tristan was defending the choke. Like it, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, good on good on Darren Elkins for for winning this fight. I mean, and the I don't know the fact that he is still going is pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens to Tristan Connolly after this. But I yeah, he doesn't doesn't really show a lot of hope, like you said, because of the fact that everyone's like, oh, well, Darren Elkins is on his way out. We can just you know get him to build a name real quick. You beat Darren Elkins, no problem. But yeah, no, Darren Elkins is like I didn't get the memo. Exactly. And like, it's one of those things where Darren Elkins definitely has a few more fights in him, but mm-hmm. like, you know, he's called the damage for a reason. He said, I think this was like his 25th UFC fight. There was a, there was a time. Cause like he's, he's now broken that by having a string, a string of losses, but there was a time when he had the record for all time featherweight wins. And mm-hmm. like, like Max Holloway was right behind him and then has since passed him. And I don't, I don't know if it's still Max. I think it is. But Makes sense. yeah, 
there was there was there was a time when Darren Elkins was at the top of that list for most wins in the featherweight division, mm-hmm. and now, like he's had some he's had some amazing performances and and like very memorable ones, but like I do think he's sort of at the end. But I guess he's a good litmus test for these up and coming guys like Tristan Connolly. If you can't get past Darren Elkins, bro, what are you doing? Here's here's a pink slip. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Uh, yeah. So I mean, good on on like I said, good on Darren, but we'll see. Good on well, Darren, bad on Tristan. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, Jared Gordon Grant Dawson. Grant Dawson um, pulled it out at the last minute. Really, um, this fight was pretty much okay. I mean, not really. It was kind of whatever. Well, I'll say he pulled out a finish at the last second. It wasn't like if it had gone to the cards, he would have lost. Right. But to your point, and to my earlier point about my dick being flaccid, this fight was boring as hell, dude. Like, Jared Gordon was defending well enough to, like, not warrant to stand up, and Grant Dawson was not breaking through enough to not fucking have any action. Like mm-hmm. he just was like, I don't know. At one point, it seemed like their grappling was going to cancel each other out, but then it was like, it didn't. No. no Grand Dawson. Grand Dawson was also corny as hell in his post fight interview. I can't remember exactly what he said. I, I know he he started it by saying, "Oh, let me thank my coaches because you guys never let us thank." And then Michael Bisping started laughing. He's like, "Yeah, we don't." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember why he was talking about the fucking way he got the choke, and he was like, "We call it the cranky five-year-old." I was like, "Hey, man, get a fucking better name for that." Yeah, I don't know, man. That's why Michael Bisping. That that, the only good thing about that was Bisping turning around, being like, "Oh yeah, well, if we don't end this right now, my producers are going to be like a cranky five-year-old." Oh wow, you gotta you gotta come with the zingers. Um, Yeah, boring fight. Good last you know last minute submission. Um, but yeah. and then and then you move on to the the next fight, uh, Andre Feely and um, what's the guy's name? Joe Anderson Bricho. Joe Anderson Bricho. Joe Anderson. Joe, Joe Anderson. If you want to English, no, Joe Anderson. Joe Anderson Brito. Joe Anderson Brito. Yeah. Um, fucking clean Feely out, dude. Yeah, easy. Which is great. Like, we're gonna talk about this when we get to the forum because Tom Tom had a really good question about it. But like, they even mentioned on the broadcast. I think the last time he was like finished like that really badly was was Yair Rodriguez, and like I'm pretty sure that was the first Yair fight I saw where he just hit him with a jump flying switch kick, and I was like, this motherfucker's insane. Right. And at that time, I didn't really think much of Feely because I think that was also the first time I saw him fight as well. But it, but I, prior to that, I had seen the Ultimate Fighter with fucking Uriah Faber and Connor when he was like, do something, do something. And fucking Feely was like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa. And then fucking Cody Garbrandt stepped up like a little chihuahua, which is yeah. pretty hilarious. That he's a fucking bantamweight who has successfully made flyweight. And Feely's a pretty good sized featherweight and wouldn't do shit, but like that was just that was just wild. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I thought 
but since then, Feely has had some good performances. Like I want to say it was the Shaman Moraes fight where he he stopped him in the third round with a with a really good knockout, and it was in his hometown, Sacramento. Had this great moment. He had like a story about his his dad seeing him for the first time since being out of prison or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I like watching Feely fight, but he's not. It doesn't look like he has it anymore for these young up and coming guys. Right. Like he is being that Darren Elkins type of like, okay, people know who he is. He's got the touchy feely nickname. Let's, you know, give him to this guy to to build a name off of. Yeah, let's make sure that he never touchy feelies anyone again. Yeah. <laughs> Can I touchy feel you there? <laughs> nice. Michael. Bolton. Okay, Michael Bolden. What, um, what if he my, touchy feely should walk out to that song, dude? Can I touch you? <laughs> cannot touch you there <laughs> i would um, still walk out to that song <laughs> <Bro. sure. laughs> can you imagine it would be fucking done for i would do the, the johnny walker style uh war, uh walk out where johnny, johnny walker used to do a fucking like magic mike style fucking strip dance on yeah. the way to the cage that's what I would fucking do. Walk out cannot to the Michael Bolton. Cannot touch you there. Um, yeah, but good, good knockout on um, Brito. Yeah, Brito. Brito. He did it. Uh, yeah, it was a clean knockout, clean his clock, easy. Um, good stoppage. I can't remember who the ref was, but good. Sand topology. Sure dog does. I like that, but I don't think topology does. No, it doesn't really. Mm. Wait, maybe if you click on their individual name and expand the information about the fight. Cha, 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 cha. Ref Herb Dean. Yes, Herb Dean, it says. Stoppage. Yeah. Good, good um, stoppage by Herb Dean, uh, which is rare. Yeah. And MMA now- referee of the year, Herb Dean. <laughs> Now moving on to um, word to Ben Kiley. to Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. Um, a lot of people thought that Jake won this fight. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree with all those people. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Anik wouldn't stop talking about the left hook, or maybe it was Cruz. One of them was like, "Oh mm-hmm. yeah, Jake Collier will keep landing the left hook," and like, yeah, that was there. But for every one of those bombs that uh, Jake landed, which they pointed out did not really affect Andre. Like he, he ate them. Well, Andre would land three or four follow-ups, dude. He was fucking tearing them up. And it wasn't like it was just volume. Like Jake was wearing the damage as well. I don't see a case for Jake winning that fight, especially like when you think about the criteria, striking, grappling, aggression, octagon control. And here's the key word, Leo in that order mm-hmm. in that phrase like a little bit like oh yeah i gave it to him because of the octagon control bro just because you're moving forward does not mean you're winning around that doesn't mean shit dude yeah absolutely and i don't know i mean i can kind of see a little bit but no i think that i think that uh, arlovsky just had a lot more um had a lot more um i had a lot more combos than um yeah than jake collier did so I mean, the clashing of heads was kind of weird on both their parts because they kept dipping their heads the exact same time over and over again. Yeah, I mean, um, I always love the overhand rights. Yeah, so they just kept 
doing that. And I don't know. It was um, the fight was pretty okay. I just it did feel a little. It did feel closer. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I think you're right about Jake Jake Collier not not winning, but it did feel pretty close. Um, so, you know, good on Andre Arlovsky. We'll yeah, see it wasn't goes. like super dominant in my opinion, but mm. it, to me, it was a clear win for Andre. Like, right. there was no case for Jake winning, and that's why I get like I get annoyed at like the distinction of unanimous decision versus split decision when people say like, "Oh, this fight's close; it could be a split decision." Like, that's not what that means. Like, a fight can be close, and and I get like a lot of split decisions are close fights, but because mm-hmm. a fight is close, does not mean it's a split decision or should be a split decision. Like, you could yeah. have a close unanimous decision. Case in point, this fight it was unanimous and. Uh, rightly so at least i think it was it's for me oh no it does say split fuck me anyway but for me it was clear and that's the whole point is like it was it was close but there is a clear winner yeah okay that's fair um yeah so uh to wipe our hands of this whole entire situation and move straight on to the main event of the evening that really put on that main event feel Bro. Get to Rob Font and Marlon Chito Vera. Ladies and gentlemen, what a spectacular fight on both these fighters' parts. Yeah, I would say God bless um, both of them for this fight. It, you know, someone made a really good point. It's like, how do you, how is it even possible that you can be dishing out so much and, and still lose? Rob Font was hitting Chito with the, sh- like, any combination yeah i was like wow he's really really lightened cheetos uh midsection up like he was really tagging him every every break but cheeto just happened to evade enough and when he would would hit he would hit fucking super hard and just tear his face up and pepper his face up and and just really i mean knocked him down what three times yeah yeah um At so least three three times significantly like he maybe yeah. Got dropped, but I think there was definitely like three. three there was a kick. There was a head kick that kind of wobbled him. A yeah. punch that wobbled him. Um, but yeah, but but good on Rob for being as fucking tough as he was. But I don't know, man. It was it was a lot. It was a lot of and Marlon and you know in those last in round four and five. I mean round three, four, and five. You're just like, I mean, it was. so super intense uh, and then everyone's like saying in the last two minutes he just in the last two minutes of each of those rounds he just keeps putting it on more uh and that was what was so funny is just watching in the third round when he was like um on top of him and he just hit that nasty elbow at the very end of it um to kind of like set him up for it i was like Man, yeah. this is really really intense and then everyone's like yeah in the last two minutes and then in round four the same thing happened so he'd like kind of cruise up to it and then at the two minute mark he just started laying it on gets him down again and you're just like fuck um so yeah rob did it's that is a weird thing to think that you really are doing he rob was fighting the best fight he could have actually i don't like you know what i mean like if you really look at it any other fighter would have been like wow this is like i, I would have been like kind of like taking a lot of the pangs of it but rob was fighting the best fight he could have and that's that just shows how amazing Cheeto is. Yeah, um, in that regard, it's, it's almost like Sanhagen and Jan. Right, right, right. Like same. Cor- yeah. Corey fought the best he could, and his best wasn't good enough. Yeah, and 
Same thing for, for Rob. It just was not good enough for, like I said, I mean, if you look at the significant strikes that Rob had, it was a lot. <laughs> it was, it wasn't a small amount. Uh, it wasn't for lack of trying, but um, Cheeto just happened to get in there and just tear his motherfucking face up. God, he looks so bad. Bro, I think it was Dean Dog. If it is, I want to shout him out. I'm 90% sure it is, but shout out to Dean Dog anyway. But he fucking posted a side-by-side pic of Rob Font, get his face swollen and tore up with a side-by-side of the weekend, you know, post-surgery. Oh, yeah. And I was mm. like, dude, <laughs> like it's not far off. No, it's not um, far off. Yeah. I mean, and remember the part where Cheeto started crying at the end of it because hard work pays off, but then he's, he's over crying. He's also crying because he just beat the shit out of someone and he's so proud of beating the shit out of someone. Isn't that amazing? Like I couldn't yeah. stop thinking like, he's just like, if you work hard, you know, good things will happen. And I was like, dude you're crying like the, like you're literally like looking at a work of art like looking at rob's face like yeah i can't believe i did that i made that yeah <laughs> i can't believe it's me like it's me i did it yeah i will say i have a bit of criticism for chito because uh, and like i was texting t-cross about this we were both losing our shit like he uh, might have just been the first time he dropped him or it might have been it was i fucking feel like it was maybe towards the end as well where he dropped him and like didn't follow him down and it was just like sitting there kind of like kicking his his legs and his his like, butt. Yeah. i was mm-hmm. like hey man you have better jujitsu what are you worried about go right. down there and finish the fucking job like yeah, yeah it, it was kind of weird especially they at the end of at the end of the fight, at the po- and during the post fight, I had that. It's a it's a Brazilian uh, black belt jujitsu. I was like, huh. Yeah, he's a black belt. He's a black belt on the intense planet jujitsu, which is obviously legit. But it's it's uh, I want to say not controversial in the BJJ community. It's just like it's a very specific style and and a subset of of jujitsu that people are like, well, you know, maybe his someone's fundamentals law off, and that's why like like Tony Ferguson got fucking owned by Benil Dariush and uh, Charles Oliveira, who are like legit Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts, uh, like not deviating from that. Um, same thing, like Ke- Kevin Gastelum is a, is a fucking 10th planet black belt, but got he'll hooked into oblivion by um, Swedish fellow Jack Hermanson. Yep, Jack, that's it. Uh, but anyway, uh do we have anything more to say on this fight other than it was a fucking masterpiece yeah oh. i mean uh the most uh, not the most amazing thing but i thought it was funny i was watching with, a, with uh the, my friend i'm staying with and um that third round he was just like he even said he was like he was like this is amazing he's like i've never seen anything like this he's like I've, I've been you know i've watched a couple of fights with you and and they were pretty good but he was like that he was like the third round after it was done he was like i was like i've never seen anyone take a beating like this and i was like yeah well yeah, I mean, on, on that note, I will say, like, there wasn't a specific moment where I was screaming about it, but I, I think maybe going into the fifth round, I was like, okay, man, like, in the between the fourth and fifth round, like, we could have stopped that fight if you're the corner. Like, if you're, if you're the ref, I get it. And, like, there are people tweeting, like, about Jason Herzog, like, oh, Jason Herzog has money on this fight and all these things, and... I was like, yeah, but honestly, like Rob was was moving and defending and like all the stuff you want when you're looking as, as a ref to like stop the fight. Yeah, and that's on the corner to be like, there's no path to victory here. We're just sending our guy out to slaughter. 
I agree, but at the same time, like the way that Rob was moving in the in the fifth round was no different than he was moving in the third round. It wasn't like maybe at the very last minute, whenever Cheeto got him with a with I think like a, a kick to the body, I think he kind of like backed up a little bit. But other than like Rob was like, knee, dude, the knees were fucking so good from Cheeto. Oh my god! The at knees. the beginning of the at the beginning of the fifth round, Rob was coming forward still. So granted, your your corner, but it wasn't like. It was a dominant performance by Cheeto, but like I said, Rob just kept moving forward and in fast fashion and kept going for the, that's the thing though, is that his, his game plan did not change at all. Um, and that was the, I guess that's the thing. It's just like, kind of, you know, grit your teeth and just keep moving forward and keep throwing your body shots and try to keep throwing combos, you know? Um, so the, uh, the corner probably could have stopped it, but, like I said, if it, I think if Rob were more ginger, I think gingerly, I think it would like move moving forward and all that stuff. Um, I think that would have been okay, but because he was literally just still keeping that fast pace, yeah, and his face is fucked up. Um, and that, so that's I, kind of my point too. Is like like why let him take that much more damage? Right. And like you got to think at a certain like, I was definitely worried about him uh what's it called getting knocked out in the fifth round because of how mm -hmm. fucking wild it was and yeah. um yeah i guess that's all i have to say is just like i was like hmm yeah there's, could, there's a reason that it could have yeah i definitely could have seen that hmm. well anyway mma doesn't make any sense neither does the ufc so here we are yeah here we fucking are all right and i think leo that's the perfect segue to take a quick break and then we will get into the form. And we're back. Oh, what's up, guys? <laughs> look at the goddamn thing. <laughs> we were just having a conversation while I had the recording paused right before we resumed it. Leo was like, Oh, right, I'm not ready. It was like fucking rubbing his eyes or doing whatever he was doing. And I was like, imagine if I just started it just to put fucking you. He's like, Oh, I don't care. Watch me jerk off. And that's how we got that's that. That's what you guys cut into was me jerking off. Yeah. Speaking of cut into. Speaking of being uncut, let's keep going. <laughs> It's funny. That's actually what I was trying to say, but I was trying to make it a segue to the questions and not say that. But I was like, yeah, no, anyway. I just, I just wanted to make an uncut versus cut reference. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, it's weird. It's weird that half of us are cut, half of us are uncut. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> Imagine being dumb. That's me. Imagine being dumb. Yeah, imagine you're a dumb white fucking straight podcast host. Uh, mostly straight. You, you, know, you, you don't have to imagine that. Yeah, I, I don't have to imagine, but most people, people do. Most listeners do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. This is our first question. And normally with the questions, they say their name. So I'm just going to play them and you'll figure it out. <laughs> and Leo, it's Ty from the Front Kicks and Thokos podcast. Before I answer my question, I just want to say to Juice that 
you can deny it all you want, but Gina Mazzani sucks. Looking at her two victories in the UFC against Rachel Ostevich and Yu Yayan, they both went a combined two and seven in the UFC. I know Rachel's out of the UFC. Uh, Wu is still in. But man, man, how can you support someone that has two wins? But that's beside the point. Uh, still love you forever, Juice. Um, but my question for you this week is, what fights on UFC 274 are you most interested in or is not talked about the most? Let me know what you think. I love the show. And I'll catch you later. Peace. First of all, to circle back to your question, throwing shade on me, how can I be a fan of someone who with only two wins? I'll give you two reasons. First of all, I never cared about wins and losses when it comes to who I'm a fan of. Secondly, I'll give you one reason. Other than that, it's the second reason, but I'm saying the the main one. It's more like the first one was just like an aside, just like a general note, but like specifically about specifically about Gina. Tim Elliott. I fucking love that she's engaged to Tim Elliott. They've had a they've been dating for a while. I just like their relationship, and um, I don't know. She also reminds me. I've said I posted this on Twitter once. And I didn't get dragged, but like no one really agreed with me except for one person that was like, kind of maybe I can see it. Gina Mazzani looks exactly like Elizabeth Reeser to me. Great. Yeah. You Do you see it? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Wait, are, do you, are you saying you don't know who I'm talking about or you do and you don't see it? I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, okay, I'm gonna pull up on my phone. What's your yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Reeser, R-E-A-S-E-R. Um, she's actually in this fucking really bad MMA movie that just came out with uh what is his name? Okay. Steven Dorf. They do look very similar, that's fair. Yes, they look very similar. Thank you. But I was saying I know her from Twilight and Grey's Anatomy, mostly Grey's Anatomy. Twilight actually sucks. Um yeah. Okay. But, yeah. She was also in Twilight. Yeah, she was also in Twilight. She was the mom. Um yep. like Nancy okay. Cullen or whatever the fuck. Probably not Nancy. I just made that up, but she's the, the mom Cullen. Nancy Cullen. Nancy. Nancy. Imagine you're writing a character for a epic like vampire series and you just write Nancy. You just <laughs> that's her name, Nancy. Um so to answer his question about uh 274, what fight? Oh, uh, yes, I have a great answer for this, but if you have one, you can go first. Loopy. Good yes, dude, that was my answer too. And so I wanted to, I wanted to say this too. Like I, I sent in a question to Rhino's show. I was like, what do you think about this fight? Because I was looking at the card and just their fucking profile pictures, dude, on the on UFC's website. Are any Cardinalosi? I forgot how fucking jack she is. Yeah, dude, look at that fucking bicep, bro. I know, dude. And like, this is what's interesting to me is like, I'll still always ride for Loopy, but like, she's won a lot of her fights by like out muscling people. And I'm like, how's that going to happen with someone jacked. so jacked? Like, don't get me wrong. I think Loopy's probably, I mean, we'll see if she wins. I mean, because the last couple of fights, she, some I mean, of the robberies, but Angela man. Hill beat Ariane by fucking splitting her forehead open with a nasty step and elbow. Yeah. So, you know, not to say Luby couldn't win, but just saying, like, but that, that, that bicep. 
Oh my god, dude. Game I was like, on. maybe we should call you Sada. But and I also hate this. I also hate comparing women to men. And I don't mean mm-hmm. like under general sense, I mean like a specific woman to a specific man. Mm-hmm. But tell me she doesn't remind you of the guy with the clavicle tattoo that said no regrets from where the Millers. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. laughing because it's true. No regrets. <laughs> you know i'm right dude that's fair um yeah so that 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 fight is uh is one for me um that a lot of people are talking about um the fact that uh uh, i think people are talking about it but the macy chasson and norma dumont which i think is really quite i forgot about that yeah well yeah macy's naturally french from I don't mean she's naturally from. I mean, I think she has background, but she's from Louisiana, so they got that French in her name from there. But Norma Dumont is uh, Portuguese from. Yeah, so. she's also French. Yeah, it could be. The last name Dumont. Norma Dumont. Chasson and Dumont. Chasson Dumont. Yeah, exactly. I sound like goddamn Cajun man from uh, <laughs> from uh, <laughs> SNL. Uh, Austin Powell. Austin Powell. What am I talking about? Adam Sandler's character. Inebriation. Oh yes. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. No. I know what you're saying. Um, but there's some pretty good fights on here. I mean, as far as like what I think Loopy is the one that I don't think anyone, a lot of people are because because the match Dell and Brandon, uh, Brandon Royval, that a lot of people are talking about that. Um, people, are talking, people are talking about the uh, Ch- Ch- uh, Tony Ferguson versus Michael Chandler fight, not enough, but they definitely were talking about it when it got announced. Like, it yeah, hasn't got uh, a lot of pre fight you know, fight week buzz or whatever, but no one really cares about uh, Donald Cerrone and Joe Lazon. Again, forgot they were fighting. I just looked at the card up. earlier and I saw that one. I was like, Ooh, I want to open it up the main card, but also Tracy Cortez is fine. Ass is going to be okay. There. Yeah. I saw that. And I like, every time I see Tracy Cortez, I'm like, yes. But then I remember that she's dating Brian Ortega. And I'm like, sorry. Oh. Can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, I mean, um, it yeah, is, those, but, it's not. but definitely Loopy's probably my number one. Yeah, number one in our hearts, too. No. Thank you. Thank you, Ty. And when they return in June-ish, definitely check out the Front Kicks and Throw, throw, throw Cuddles podcast. All right, here is the next question. Hey, Juice and Leo, it's your homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino Podcast. So, fellas, next week we've got a incredibly huge, massive, amazing looking card for uh, for UFC 274. I think getting lost in the shuffle a little bit is the Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson fight. It may gain some traction over the week and more people will be talking about it. But my question for you is this pertaining to that fight. We saw what Tony Ferguson was, and then we saw what he's been lately. Should Michael Chandler run through him? Is that the end of it? Is that is that Tony hanging it up? Is that Tony being done with the UFC and possibly his MMA career? Uh, I'm hoping it's a competitive fight, and then we get to see kind of a throwback Tony. I'm not so sure about it, dude, so I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I uh, love you guys. Love the show. Talk to you later. Peace. I have some thoughts about this. I think this is a great question. Shout out Rhino. Um, great show. You guys know, I, I would, I would bet that most people that listen to our show also listen to Rhinos or at least there's a decent amount of overlap, but yes. um, either way we want to give them a shout out. But um, what do you think about this fight? Leo? Um, I mean, 
is Tony done after this? I don't know. But I will say. Um, well, it depends on the result, to be fair. Right. Like, if Tony wins, I don't think we should be saying that. No. Like, spoiler, I, I don't think he's going to win. Yeah, exactly. Which I, I think Michael Chandler is going to do a great, great job of, of going through him. But I will say what I'm excited for would be the fight after this um, for Tony Ferguson, which is Dan Hooker. But how do you know that's a thing? Oh, I know it's going to happen. Because they're both getting their asses whooped. Tony Ferguson and Dan, and Dan Hooker keep getting their asses whooped. That actually brings me to my thoughts about the fight. Because Dan Hooker was Michael Chandler's UFC debut fight. Uh-huh. And I think if Tony hadn't been uh, on this skid that he's on, like even even let's say the like the jig the Gaethje fight happened because that mm-hmm. you know was a late stoppage and although Tony was getting his ass beat like he gave he gave some early to you know he had he still had some to give like I think if the last two fights from Tony didn't happen the the Benil fight and the Charles fight then Tony would have been the perfect guy to welcome Michael Chandler to the UFC oh yes especially with the storyline of like. Tony being always the one that like I can be Habib. Chandler huh? said that too in Bellator, not as much as like some of the other uh you know outside organizations say about current champions, like fucking AJ McKee won't shut up about Alexander Volkanovsky. But like whenever it would be and mentioned, he'd be like, Yeah, I think I can beat him. I'm the guy, you know. And like that would have been a great story. And I think it's being lost in the fact that like they're both on a skid. Yeah. You know, to to answer. Uh, rhino's question to, to kind of talk more about it like yeah my, uh, michael chandler did not have a great showing his last fight i mean it was an amazing fight but obviously like justin gaethje kind of beat the shit out of him well that's not entirely true because the first at least the first round but it, it might have just been like the first like three minutes of the round or something yeah. like that chandler he was beating good. the shit out of gaethje yeah he you know gaethje was a slow start in that fight and and michael chandler was a fast start but to, to, to my point as well Michael Chandler's a fast starter. Tony Ferguson's a slow starter. Mm-hmm. And like, say what you will about the fights that he's, you know, lost, he being Michael. Uh, he's still got that power, dude. Oh, yeah. I think he's going to stop Tony. Oh, like the, I agree. The only way I see it um, not being a, a stoppage, and I mean like a TKO probably or, or even a KO, mm-hmm. but um, the only way I see it not being a stoppage is if he somehow decides to like, you know, maybe it's an ego thing. Like maybe he thinks like, oh, Tony thinks he's a submission artist. I've never been submitted. Like right. I'm going to go in and, uh, you know, test myself on the ground and try and take him down and see what happens there. I mean, even then he might get a TKO on the ground from Grand and Pound, but I just mean like, oh, Tony's ch- better chances are taking this fight to the ground. I guess that's what I'm saying. And like, I, but I don't think Michael Chandler is going to even let that happen. No. Absolutely not. I would be super surprised. I, I bet Tony by submission is a is a massive uh, under like what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's probably a plus money right now. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're a better, that might be someone to sprinkle a little bit on. Not that you listen to this podcast for betting advice, or that we should be giving it because we're not the kind of degenerates that put our money on fucking. Human Guess what? I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be in the same area as the fights as they're happening, so I might put a little bit of dough on there. Well, Bro, if you I might uh, go, to, get tickets. go to AEGsports.com and 
betonline.ag is that what you mean yeah whatever it is i don't care aeg sports to be honest that may exist there's so many betting sites yeah um which is wild because they a lot of them end up having pretty similar odds it's like why do you need so many it is what it is Um, but anyway with that being said well i think the fight is going to be i hope i just hope it at, at least goes to the to the second round yes if it's a first round stoppage well i'll say this if tony somehow gets a submission in the first round or whatever i won't be mad at that but if michael no. chandler finishes tony in the first round i'll be like oh come on uh, okay. yeah, we couldn't have seen the potential of a of a more dynamic fight but but you know you know it's it, it with the way the chandler starts you know it's it's can be very possible that he'll just punch the shit out of his fucking face <laughs> you know in the first round and just just really not Tony for one so we'll right. see we will see yeah we will see thank you Rhino thank you so much for the question Rhino gets mad if I don't say thank you he'll be like where's my thank you thank you an angry text I might get an angry text anyway just for saying that <laughs> I like to live dangerously what can I say um, speaking of living dangerously here's a fourth segue for our next question love it What the fuck is up, Leo Juicentino? Sorry for popping in so early. Um, <laughs> as Juice knows, I haven't slept yet, so sorry about this. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I already asked our handsome, knowledgeable friend, Rhinoceros, about this. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the UFC's treatment of Chase Sherman. Letting him go? Uh, having him come back, cutting him, having him come back only to fight Romanoff and get implanted on his head. I think that was the biggest, uh, biggest odds in UFC history. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Love you, boys. Can't wait to listen to the show. <laughs> Bro, I could listen to that all day. Uh, Dequan's I talk about all the time. We're both uh, big fans of Nora Jones. Um, so as soon as I heard that hook, I was like, that's fucking Nora, dude. Um, uh, huh. Well, when you have a nickname like the Vanilla Gorilla. <laughs> okay. By the way, I didn't, I didn't even realize this. We never talked about it. Alexander Romanoff's nickname is King Kong. <laughs> we had the fucking Vanilla Gorilla versus King Kong. Obviously, you know who'd win. Yeah, I mean. Um, I don't know. I, I think that like that is pretty bad. I mean, I, I don't know if anyone, I don't know how many fighters have been cut multiple times and come back and they're like, yeah, just go ahead and get into this fucking killer of a fight. Um, well, and, and all in like relative, relatively close together. And it, it's funny, like Chase Sherman has had such a weird UFC career. There's one point where he was kind of like a social media darling because he would, he would be cute with the gifts or whatever. And, you know, he was engaging with fans and stuff like that. Uh, and he had like a nice, like kind of three five win streak in the UFC for a while. And there was one point where he had like, re- like for the heavyweight division and who don't throw a lot of leg kicks, he was he used to utilize leg kicks a lot. And people were talking about his leg kicks and and how how good he was at that. He would like you know drop people with leg kicks. I think or he had mm-hmm. that way. He fought this one Russian guy where he beat his leg up bad mm-hmm. and he knocked out Rashad Coulter. I think um, who again is like not anything great, but this is a guy who like Tai Tuivasa knocked down his debut as well. And everyone was like, Oh, Ty is the next, you know, 
thing at heavyweight. Mostly because Ty got the flying knee in that fight for a heavyweight. That's so rare. Um, but fucking Chase had this skid where it might have been like four straight losses. Because I, I remember seeing one of them. It was it was the he fought big pretty Justin Willis in Atlantic mm-hmm. City, which I was at. Mm-hmm. And Chase performed pretty poorly in that fight. Like it wasn't great. Chase went to the regional scene and he, he never got picked up by like Bellator or whatever. Like I think people always like assume like when a UFC fighter gets cut, they're gonna go to Bellator. Like Chase had to claw his way. Like he he at one point fought in BKFC or some other bare knuckle organization that might not have even been BKFC. But it's like if you're gonna do bare knuckle and you don't get in BKFC or do another one, it's like how far? Yeah, how far are you down? How the might how how the not so mighty have fallen, how the mediocre have fallen. <laughs> how the mediocre have fallen. But I gotta be honest, like he's a nice guy and a family man. So like when he they brought him back for the first fight of the pandemic, after because he had gotten some wins on the regional circuit, and they're like, okay, let's you know give you your shot. He, I think he beat Ike, Ike Villanueva and had a, a a great fight. I was like, okay, he's back. But once he underperformed after that, it should have been it should have been done. But like Decron said, like to just kind of bring him back for that, if it really makes you feel like the UFC doesn't give a shit of like what's considered UFC quality anymore. Like, right. If this is meant to be the premier organization, the best of the best, there should not ever be a situation unless on short notice for a title, maybe where you have someone that's a plus 1200 underdog uh-huh. it should not be. And again, that's on the odds makers, but it, it's, it was justified clearly like, mm. Like even even Valentina Shevchenko, the arguably the pound per pound best female fighter on the planet right now, and one of the most skillful fighters on the roster, regardless of gender, Lauren Murphy, who we can all agree I think is a sort of like a journey woman, was a plus nine hundred. Mm-hmm. We're talking about plus twelve hundred for guys that are on like Alexander Romanov. Is is he even ranked? Like no, come on, yeah. But, but again, I feel bad for Chase. I'm not like this is on the UFC. This is fucked up. And I, and I didn't realize how bad it was until T Gron's like brought to the attention where I'm like, yeah, dude, this is fucking, this is suck. Yeah, it does suck. I talked a lot. I'm sorry. Do you have anything more to add? No, I just think that that's, it's a weird, it's a weird scenario for, for the UFC, like I said, to uh, like cutting and bringing back and all that stuff. It's like, you know, and the heavyweight division is looking pretty good right now. So I don't know. They don't not really, um, you know, desperate for talent. So I don't really know what the whole point was. But here we are right. again. Here we fucking are. Yeah, man. All right. Do you have any more questions or any more voice questions? Yeah, we got one more. And I, I wanted to say this at the top of the uh, forum before I forgot, but I was like, no, I'll remember. Literally, I always. We always call Decron's last minute Larry. I think he mm-hmm. may have even given that moniker himself. Um, because he said, and, and to that point, he did send it in, I think, like after we started recording or right as we were starting recording. The true last minute Larry right now is is our homie MMA Catfish. Literally called the, the FSP hotline as he likes to do. As we started recording. As, no, as we went to break. Yeah, I, we're getting ready to go to break, and like the call came in, I was like, "Oh, 
like could not have been any last minute like any last minute if it was later i probably wouldn't have seen or like i mean i guess he could have sent it in while we were answering the other questions right but you know what i mean but here he is and in true tradition for his questions i gotta read the transcript dude it's usually bad and it's sometimes like it's got a little better but then it always dip like usually it's like hey julie oh baby because he says julio for our combination name. Right. This one is so far off, it's not even fucking close. Age really do, baby. <laughs> Age really do. Age really do, baby. It's the MMA catfish near the swim opinion. <laughs> uh, that's all. I, there's probably some really bad, but it's a long one, so I'll just go ahead and let him fucking. Hey, what you got to say? baby it's the mma catfish here to swim up in you man i would like to take a moment to heave some praise on andre arlovsky one of my favorite fighters probably i would say like my first like official like favorite fighter who i was specifically a fan of in mma and the ufc the man has had an amazing career he was beating fedor in that fight until fedor, fedor got that fucking murder ball on him man and then career That's seemed to take a bit of a downslide and we all thought he was done the wind was blowing knocking him out he gets his jaw broken by fucking rumble and somehow not only did he finish that fight with a broken jaw yes he lost but he finished the fucking fight and didn't get knocked out by one of the hardest fucking hitters but then he comes back after that and it's like that fucking break made his jaw stronger and the man has been winning overall since then. At 43, that is quite the career accomplishment because he is old even by heavyweight standards. And yes, he is not going to be the new heavyweight champ, but he is still winning these fights, looking decent doing it, even if they're not the most exciting for people. He's not going out there and getting the shit beat out of himself like so many people at the end of their career. And that is just super fucking impressive, man. So all hail the original, the one and only, the true motherfucking pit bull. Fuck them fake pit bulls and belly shit. I'm out. FMP for life. Yeah, I mean, Thank he's you. Got Arlovsky looks good. I mean, he's, he's right about that concept of like people saying like, He's definitely a fighter that's 100% on his way out. Like, he, he's, he is going to be leaving the UFC within the next three years. That's happening. I don't see yeah. him fighting until he's, you know, 45 years old. Now, if he does, that'd be very interesting. But it, he's right. He's not going out there and fighting these fights and getting the shit beat out of him. And everyone's like, okay, I think that might be the last one for me. No, he's winning him. He's, he's competitive. He's, you know, so he's been in the UFC for a long time. And, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me. Like heavyweight is is like just about the only division where you can have like a second wind, a second act or a third act so late in your career. Yeah. Like to his point, there have been times where we counted him out, and he always comes back. And mm-hmm. I I remember specifically a big turning point because he did have a, a string of losses in UFC when I thought they might cut him. It might have ended or or began or or somewhere in the middle there. 
I guess it was the only options, but it was the it was the Ngannou loss where he got knocked the fuck out by Ngannou. And obviously Ngannou, we already knew, was scary, but this was this was when he was on the come up. I don't know if Ngannou was even ranked at this point. This is when he still had the braid. No, it wasn't the braids. It was, I think it was the first fight after the braids when he cut a little lightning bolt mm-hmm. or something like that. It might have been right before Ngannou fought Overeem. I don't know. Somewhere um, around there. Uh-huh. But anyway... Arlovsky had some losses after that where it was just like, cause I, and I remember after that, like I, I Arlovsky fought Jarzinho Rosenstrike. And this is when Rosenstrike had just kind of debuted in the UFC. He knocked out Alan Crowder with a jab in 11 seconds. And I was like, Oh, Arlovsky has no fucking chance in this fight. And mm. I was right. I, now, granted, if they were to rematch now, which isn't a rematch anyone's like clamoring for, but to be honest, I wouldn't feel bad about taking Andre in that fight. Right. Um, just because of how he's been able to turn things around and where fucking Jarzinho has not been able to turn things around. And, and it just goes to show like how heavyweight is just so up in the air right now. Yeah. I guess just in general. And it's not even like, oh, things can change with one punch because it can. But like a guy like Arlovsky, he'll fuck around and, and win a, a fucking close decision with cage control and like slick boxing like we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, he boxed the shit out of Jake Collier. Exactly. Which was, which was amazing to see, to be honest. So so thank you uh, yes, for him. that question. Go go follow his uh, podcast, Catfishing with the Tad Daddy. I always send in a fuck. Well, not always, um, but I've been doing all lately. I'll send in a fuck you Friday. Just, you just use it as a platform to complain about. Because I used to do that on FWM back in the day, where I would just be like, you know what, fucking grinds my gears, and I would just talk shit. As you should, as you yeah. should. Yeah. Um, that's it for voice questions at this point. Yeah. Yeah, unless uh, like there's something that I missed. Let me just go back and just reload the anchor app just in case. Yes, yeah, no fucking yeah. came in just in cases. Nope. Nope. No one else here. All right. No, so next we're gonna do. I have a, a text question from uh, Dave Dylan. Yes, uh, Dave from, L from Dylan Dave. Yeah. All right. So Dave asks, who are some all-time great fighters that you don't enjoy watching, and who are some all-time mediocre fighters that you love? I can't help but feel like this is shade to Andre Olowski. <laughs> like, it's this. Uh, well, I don't know if he's an all-time great, but he's definitely an all-time legend. Um, wait, some some all-time great fighters that we that we don't and you enjoy don't watching. enjoy watching, yeah. And then what was the only one he said? All-time mediocre that we yeah. Do who are some watch? all-time mediocre fighters that you love? Oh, well, I guess for me, all-time mediocre that I love all-time is Andre. Mediocre. Who'd you say? Roxanne Montefiore. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I guess, no, I guess that is, that is accurate. I just, me. We <laughs> were just incapable of like any criticism. <laughs> like, you know, that fucking uh, meme where like Apu from the Simpsons is like jumping in front of the bullet. And it's all, the oh, bullet yeah. was valid criticism. Like for me, like, like I'm obviously Apu and the, the, the fucking thing I'm pretending is Roxanne always do like, yeah. Like literally any valid criticism. I'm like, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Um, that's def that's definitely mine. What was your uh, other one? 
Why is it Andre? Like oh. he is an all-time legend, but I wouldn't call him an all-time great. Like he's not on any like pound for pound list or never really well. I can't say never was because he was the heavyweight champion and probably at the time people thought he was the pound for pound. You know, he's he's been a UFC heavyweight champion, but um yeah, all-time greats I don't like watching. Like I'm trying to think of like anyone that's like that I, that that everyone's like oh this guy's the the greatest fighter just wait i'm like well oh i can tell you for me they say it's not me but i i hear this from multiple people and i fucking i i don't understand it and i almost get like annoyed at them when people say they don't like watching valentina yeah that doesn't make any sense to me like either, okay. yeah like sometimes like okay like the liz carmouche fight was like pretty meh and yeah. it was because Liz was trying to bait her and to draw her in. And Valentina was like, I don't give a shit if the crowd is booing. What, who do you think I am? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But that is sort of a one-off. And she she finishes fight. Like, I just don't, I just don't find yeah, it's it. not boring. Um, yeah. And the people think the dancing is cringe. Like, it's obviously not cringe if you know anything about fucking dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All-time greats that we don't enjoy watching. Well, I don't really enjoy John Jones. To be honest with you, and that's fair. Just yeah, I, know, I, know, I don't, I don't particularly like watching him fight. That I know that's like recency bias, but honestly, it goes back to the goddamn. And I, whenever he fights, it's a big deal. So I can't say that I'm like never looking forward to a Jones fight, but mostly like they always, not always, but usually stack the card and things like that. You know, it's it's a big deal when he fights. But like, I can remember the OSP fight, like being in in a bar. This is like the, there was 197. It was the pay-per-view after 196 where we fucking had the Holly Misha fight and the Nate uh, Diaz-McGregor won. Mm -hmm. Like the, I was in Dave and Buster's. Uh, You didn't come. I was alone. And I remember my sister's friend was a waitress there and she was like, oh, who's the main event? And I was like, oh yeah, it's John Jones. She was like, oh. I was like, okay. Shoulders. <laughs> and like Mighty Mouse was fighting Cejudo. That mm-hmm. fight was more interesting and more exciting. Yes. Than John Jones. That's another one too. Like if people say they don't like Mighty Mouse, I'm like, that means you don't like MMA. Yeah. Who's a who's a medium? Oh, Khabib also. Don't really care for his fights. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say the same. Yeah. Watching, well, watching. I've got, I will say I've never said that he's boring. Like there's a there's some fucking irrational Khabib haters who say he his style is boring. And like, yes, just wrestling is boring, but not dominant wrestling. And he's always like advancing position and like where I just don't really care. Like as I think I just I know he's gonna win. That's the thing right, with me. Right, right. I'm always just like, okay, yeah, this is fine. And I don't, I'm not like a grappling nerd enough to be like obsessed with the minutia of what he's doing and mm-hmm. being like, ooh, look at this next level. Like I'm just like, okay, yeah, he's gonna win. Let's fucking speed it up now. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really just trying to think of like a mediocre fighter that I love that that's not that I that I'm just like don't even talk about them. Okay. I'm about to say it, and it's going to be a little bit blasphemous. I can't wait. And I don't mean mediocre in the sense of, like, her fights are mediocre. I just mean I don't think she'll ever ascend to greatness, and that is perfectly fine with me. Molly McCann. Yeah. 
but like every single fight is is amazing and like i also mean in the sense of like her loss like her win loss record you know like you know she had a debut loss against jillian robertson the tyler santos loss which actually hey tyler santos versus valentina shevchenko forgot about that well who's now becoming who's now becoming a mediocre fighter um i mean i guess technically dan hooker Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's true. He isn't, but he's an all-time mediocre. Yeah, yeah. He he just he just gets in the conversation. He just he was so hot in the conversation two years ago, and then yeah, two years really showed him through the row of killers. And but I mean, Dan Hooker and. you know, Dustin Poirier fight was amazing, and the Dan Hooker and uh, and yeah. Alvaro fight was amazing. Like, hell yeah, it was. And even like, I, I can't think of a single boring Dan Hooker fight. I mean, I, I didn't watch a ton of his his featherweight fights, and that's like, like he definitely belongs in lightweight. I don't understand. Like, right. He 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 had said in an interview with Ariel Hawani, and like I get this, where he was like, this was before the fight, where he was like, oh, featherweight's just my weight class, man. I think he said he has to be more dialed in to make the way like he can't make any mistakes. I'm like, okay, I get that being obsessed with the process and, and, you know, like is, is beneficial for you and things like that. But it, that cutting that much weight is not like yeah. you know, Arnold hooker is not Arnold hooker. <laughs> Arnold Allen isn't a guy. And I love Arnold Allen. I, I will defend him to the death, but um, Arnold Allen is not a guy who finishes people and he finished you so quickly, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's probably that's probably one I, I stick stick by. And oh, Barboza. Oh yeah, Edson's probably another one. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, if that's the case, then I, I would say Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. But except he's fought for the the belt twice. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not really fair to call him multi mediocre. He's like whatever in between mediocre and great, like good, like really good. Yeah, he's a good fighter. He, he's an all time good. Yeah, he's all time good and a good guy apparently. Yeah um but anyway an all-time great that you don't like i can't think of any other i can really can't think of anyone that's you know like, you know it's like not pissing me off but you know it's like i want to like i wish we had him I was like text him right now see if he answers like ask him this question like clearly there's a reason like remember like when he called in about the mark jacquesi one where he was like what's a fan losing performance like whereas clearly that like okay what inspired this question that's what i want to know um i don't know if he'll answer he's really busy at work okay uh at least we'll we'll update it if not like maybe he'll get back to us before the show ends but um yeah an all-time great I, I, this is another one where i would love to know our um listeners responses just in general like definitely specifically dave but um maybe i'll tweet this out um just to see just because and that's the i I always forget to do this because like that's the point of the forum is like to engage in conversation and like i think people forget that it's like it's not meant to be one way it's not meant to be just like us asking questions or us getting asked questions us answering the questions it's like let's hear from the listeners too like what are you that's a good point yeah but i but i'm also really bad at responding to stuff so anyways have a good night all right, well, this show is over, actually. Yeah, well, anyways, we only have one more question, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still have our five picks for ne- next oh, week, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Dave, by the way, and I haven't, I'm, I'm, I've been getting bad at this lately. Um, I'm bad at telling up the, the, the pick, the points for the, for the five pick league. 
but Dave L. Let me just read the fucking recap from last week that I have that I that I did the fucking results from wait no yeah here we go over in in the top right now number one is dave l with a thousand and thirty five points but right behind him with a thousand twenty five points so ten points off david s and d crons fucking really have the heels really have uh maybe like seven more maybe that's Less exactly that, yeah it's seven well seven i think seven was including this one because I, I i counted up decrons had asked me and i i think that included this last card oh. but also there's a there's a gap between june 11th mm-hmm. and the international fight week card on july 2nd so i don't yeah. know if they're maybe going to add another card or if they haven't announced it or maybe the ufc's website is just a fucking piece of shit maybe there is a card that isn't there but yeah hmm Oh, I'm sorry, International Fight Day. Because yeah, well, uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, who knows? We'll see. But last time I was like, oh, I'm remaining optimistic, and you were like, no, and then you were right because they didn't do anything. That was last year. This year, I'm, I, you know, with everything kind of being what it is, but now that we're getting closer with that, um, that fighter X, the UFC X thing, uh, I think that's what they're trying to lump in together. Oh yeah, maybe that might be a part of it. That, so we'll- that, yeah, that could exist. They could have done two two cards. But There's also like what they usually do, which is the tough finale. Mm-hmm. And I know like the the Amanda Nunez. Well, isn't it debuting like June 30th? Maybe I'm wrong. So maybe that's not going to be the tough finale. I'm not maybe sure. that is the finale, and I just missed it, and I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, dude. Chalked, I was, I was stalling to try and see if he would answer you, but let's uh, let's move on to our um, one and only Twitter question from our homie, the God Struggle Face Tom. Shout out to Tom. And this was such a good question, dude. Like I I I, I responded to him. I always try and respond to everyone in the forum. I responded to him. I was like, wow, this is a great question. But it got better the more I thought about it, and I almost like sent another response, like. Well, I can't really understate how good of a question this is, but like he said, is it safe to say we can give up on the quote, he got next narrative on Andre Feely now? I've been a proven fan of the guy. However, the exiting prospect title no longer fits. I truly hope he can get it together and his career trajectory pointed in the right direction. Yeah, like that's the thing for me. And he, he actually included a screenshot from Tapology of his record. So let me just um read this off split decision lost to michael johnson and this is starting in 2018 mm-hmm. now that i think about it this might have been right this this screenshot might start right after the um yair knockout that i talked about but mm-hmm. it also could have been there could be something in between that i'm forgetting but anyway michael johnson lost split decision miles jury Unanimous decision win. Shaman Morais is the one I talked about, the right hook. Um, in the in oh, that was in the first round. There was one where I thought he got in the third round. I could be wrong though, but no, I'm pretty sure it was Shaman Morai. So maybe that's just revisionist history in my mind. Uh right hook win. And this is where I feel like the 
this is why I feel like the record doesn't always tell the full story because his next fight on here is a, is a loss to Sadiq Youssef. I remember that fight being super close. And this is also to my earlier point, it's a unanimous decision, but I remember being like, I don't know who won that one. It's, it's one, It was one of those fights. It was like 20, probably 29, 28, where it's like, okay, this round is clearly this person. This round is clearly this person. And it depends on how you scored the middle round or whatever, mm-hmm. the other round. And clearly all the judges agreed, but it was a very close fight. Yeah. To Sadiq Youssef, who's a, who's an up and coming prospect. Uh, win split decision, albeit, but a win uh, over Charles Jordan. Lost to Bryce Mitchell, and as far as we know, Bryce Mitchell is like on a on a tear right now on on a on the come up. I don't think mm-hmm. he'll be champion, but he probably will fight for the belt within a year or two. Yeah. And then canceled fight, or no, it was a no contest because of an accidental eye poke. I don't remember this fight. So I don't know who was on the receiving end of the eye poke, but it's a it's a no contest uh, over uh, Daniel Pineda. Mm. So take that what you will. But now the loss against John Zambrito. But if you look at the just like I said, the overall scope of the fight, I'll put this on camera for our patrons. You know, obviously the red is the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, right about where my uh, ring finger is is the no contest. You can't see it because it's grayed out. But there's a bunch of uh, um wins in there and to his point like he he doesn't deserve the title of the exiting prospect Mm -hmm. but here's what here's where i think could be like here's where i fall on this i feel like i I feel so bad dude i'm talking so much this question so if you want to like stop and jump in but uh for me i think andre feely is a is a competitor and that might have might be a hindrance to him. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. There are some guys, and some guys who have said this about themselves, and some guys I've said it is about them. And whether like not the those aren't always the same people, but like where you make you make a distinction, like okay, I'll never fight for a belt. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before, and, and this rings true. You've heard, heard a lot of fighters say it, like. Uh, you to, to, to do this for a living, you have to have like supreme belief in yourself. You have to believe like, oh, I can be the best in the world. And like, it's such a vanilla response too. And they're like, oh, I'm trying to prove I'm the best in the world. Like we hear that from so many fighters, dude. But you have to believe that you can be the best. But I think that's, I do here. I think that's on a per fight basis. I think you have to believe going to every fight, like I can win this fight. I'm the best. I'm, yes. I'm going to beat this guy. I don't think you have to believe that on an overall career trajectory on an overall yeah. career track. Because if, if you're Andre feeling, you look yourself in the mirror and you say, okay, I'll never be a world champion at this point in my career. Maybe probably he had those aspirations on the come up, but like, I'll never be a world champion, but I can have some pretty damn fun fights. If you have that honest assessment of yourself, I think Andre Feely has plenty more to give and plenty to offer the sport of MMA. Even if that's on the UFC, even if he gets cut and did I spit on the fucking camera? <laughs> oh, our pay, our patrons just got a, a mouthful revision for my juice, juice from my fucking saliva. But bro, I I think Andre Feely has some left. But here's why I say it's a it's a hindrance. I don't know that he knows that. I think he looks at himself and says, 
maybe I'm, you know, I, I can beat these younger guys or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who knows? And, and maybe Uriah has, has a, has a sit down with him and says, listen, Bubba, you're not gonna, you're not a world beater anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. When records show up, like, you know, you're saying with like the, the, you know, it's three losses and the, and the four wins or whatever. It's like, there's just only so much you can do. You can't really, there's no really other way around, by the way, four losses, three wins in the fights we're looking at. Four losses, three wins. Okay, it's reverse. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, and one no contest in there. So yeah, it's just a tough, like there's not really you can't really go up, I guess. Like the concept is like you can really only just move laterally at this point. Um, so let's see what he does, but I don't think I think you're right. He's definitely not gonna fight for a world championship. And yeah, that's that. And and it also go, goes back to the old adage of like people are only going to remember what's on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say it was the other way around or, or let's even say uh, most of these were wins, mm-hmm. like not the actual statistics, but let's just say most of them were wins, but they were boring wins. When it, when it comes down to it, when you, when you look back on it, people are only going to remember that it was a win or a loss. Yeah. Yeah, like they don't remember that the Sadiq Yusuf fight was super close. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't remember that. Well, this is recent, so people do know this, but they don't know like Bryce Mitchell is a prospect. But like five years from now, when Bryce Mitchell gets knocked out by Volkanovski, not that it's going to take five years for that to happen, but I mean like five years from now, when you know he, Bryce Mitchell might himself be on a fucking skid, and people are going to assess the career of of Andre Feely, and they're going to look at the fight like he lost the fucking Bryce Mitchell. Right. Wow, this guy's a bum. But it isn't necessarily the case. Right. Oh, random fact that I just remembered. I, I, I used to follow, well, I probably still do. I'm just really not on Instagram anymore. I used to follow Andre Philly on Instagram. He tweeted out, or I fucking keep saying tweeted. He posted a clip of like a rap group that he's in. And he had a verse. <laughs> and it wasn't bad, but it's still like... Still- uh, not not a guy who should be rapping of course um, but it, it was it was it was not bad at all like i was kind of like okay this is kind of a bop <laughs> but dude wow what a great question from from circle this time i always love the kind of introspective type questions like that where not introspective on myself but sort of analyze and, and take a look at it because that's what i always like to do on on this show that i don't get to do often i feel like we always try and be funny yeah well, um, now time for us to be un- completely unfunny and p- have our picks for next week's fights. Uh, we usually try and throw some jabs in there, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if we we'll throw some jabs in there. Yeah, with the, yeah, yeah, a little, little fucking stupid weak pun. Not what little, I meant to, but little like, bad pun, but that's okay. All right, so we're going to the main card as we always do. First fight is Donald Cerrone versus Joe Lazon. Lauzon? Lozon. Lozon. Um, Literally, I'm pretty sure his nickname is J Lo. Because the low and lows on is pronounced. Yeah, I, I guess Cerrone, I suppose. Uh, I think Lozon's gonna beat the dog shit out of him, dude. Great. Like Lozon is at is at the point where he can sometimes lose to these up and coming guys, mm-hmm. but he's still a terror. He doesn't look like all that slower, and he's still got power. 
Whereas Donald Cerrone does look slow. He is a slow starter, number one. Or number two. <laughs> what am I, Anderson Silva? First of all, God. Yeah, God. Um, Donald Cerrone is slow and he's definitely lost a step and his chin is not what it used to be. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm still going Donald. I'm going okay. racist Donald. Yeah, ra- racist homophobic Donald. Yeah. Great. Love that for you. Um, Marie, Mauricio Rua versus Ovin St. Will. Mauricio Huga. Show, Huga, Huga. Not Huga. Because I was thinking Shogun. It's Shogun. Mauricio Shogun Hua and oh. Ovin St. Peru, OSP. Um, uh, I get OSP? Yeah, OSP is going to fucking send Shogun to the Shadow Realm, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. I got Michael Chandler. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I agree with you. Not that I do agree with you, but I hate to pick Michael Chandler. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay. Uh, the order of this is weird because it's definitely Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje at the top, but on UFC's website, it's Rosanama Yunus and Carlos Plaza at the top of this, which is would be fine too. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they s- decide to switch. But the way they're advertising it, like it's the, it's called, you know, Oliveira Gate versus Gaethje is what the UFC event is being called. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, no, definitely. That's why I was like, I was going topology. Yeah. So um, with that being said, is it correct? Okay. So with that being said, Rose Namajunas versus Carlos Barza. Uh, I'm picking Rose. I think Rose is gonna get this done. Yeah. Same. Okay. And I think, uh, you know, at the when when they when they first fought, like Carla was not leaps and bounds, but definitely ahead of her, especially in one area. And that was like the grappling and Mm -hmm. she exploited the hell out of that. Now Rose is a threat everywhere. And Carla has still shown that she can make it a tough night for some of these, you know, up and coming, you know, fighters in that division, but that's not Rose. Like it's probably going to be, I wouldn't even be surprised if it goes to decision. Like I kind of would be surprised if a finish either way, Mm -hmm. but I think Rose makes it, you know, pretty clear. Like the Whaley fight, people were like, you know, like the rematch. I'm talking not the first fight, obviously, but mm-hmm. the rematch, people were like, oh, did she really win? Like, you know, kind of crying robbery there, things mm-hmm. like that. I don't think this will be a robbery. No. Yeah, I like, think I think uh, Rose will win. Well, what a, I don't think it'll be a robbery. I don't think it'll be close, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it'll be pretty. I think Rose heavy. probably wins four to one, if not five to to nothing. Right. Um. All right. So now we move on to our main event, which is. Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Um, this is tough. Imagine if you switch the accents on that, like Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Gaethje. Ah. Yeah. That, that would be so lame. Uh, uh, I, I got Charles. It's okay if you pick Gaethje, dude. Uh, again, once again. Once again. Right when I was going to say my answer, just stop. Just stop. I don't know what the fuck that was about. That's okay. Um, but I was, I was going to say, uh, I personally don't think Gaethje is going to win, but I don't think it's a bad pick. Like, if someone's picking Gaethje, I'm not like, oh, you don't know anything about fighting or whatever. Like, yeah, this is it, if I were, it's you know, t- I just, it, I like the shakeup concept. So I'm going to go with Gaethje. I, I don't, like I said, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be a tough fight either way, but I think Charlotte is, is going to just, fuck him up with his um with his jiu-jitsu i think that that's gonna that's gonna be the edge um that 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 uh, oliver is gonna have over gaichi um 
Yeah, I think he's yeah. gonna. I think I think Charles is gonna put Justin Gaethje to sleep. Yeah, because I, I definitely don't think Gaethje's tapping. I think he's just gonna just gonna go right to bed. Um, but if for the upset, I want Justin Gaethje to win. So let's get Justin Gaethje winning. That's what. Yeah, I think. and honestly, like, so I think Charles's path to victory is pretty clear. As like you know, get him to the ground and, and submit him. And that's kind of what he does best. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the way he put away Michael Chandler with that super clean picture, perfect left hook. Yeah. Like it, it would probably be more shocking than a submission, but it wouldn't, it's not outside of the realm of possibility. Like of a knockout. You know, yeah. Or decision. Yeah. Honestly. But yeah. I don't know the, the pace of both these guys. I, I don't know. I, it'd be pretty relentless for both of them. So I, yeah, we'll see. Well, Gaethje has shown, fight. like in his, his his later fights, where he's been a little more patient. I mm-hmm. think um, the Chandler fight brought out the dog in him, especially the like Chandler was dictating the pace early with putting on that crazy pace. But like Charles is, isn't that guy to to put on a crazy pace. Yeah, he's ready for five rounds, and I think, yeah, like you said, a decision wouldn't be surprising either. Honestly, the the only thing that would really surprise me is if Gaethje submitted him because even if Gaethje knocked him out, like Gaethje can do that to people. It's not super surprising. It's not what I would predict. It's not what I would put a high on the list of possibilities, but mm-hmm. it's something that I could see happening. Um, yeah. Gaethje submitting him would be like the only thing really shocking, but like any really? win either way with any other method. Wouldn't be. Yeah. It wouldn't be so shocking. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, oh. We made it through the episode. We're here. We uh, we had a good time. We talked about the fights, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, ladies no and Well, I'm not sure what time we'll be back next week, but we'll be back next week. We gotta figure yeah, that out. We'll figure that Wednesday out. Day to our mama's mamas, we're very excited for that. Uh, you guys, Sorry. follow me at leogh2113 on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and. Yeah, and then now Juice is going to shout out our lovely patrons. Yes, and I have to apologize to Leo for pausing the recording because I had to sneeze. I should have muted myself, but I, my mouse was hovering near the pause. And you just uh, said, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Friendly Spar Pod. Um, and if you want to get involved in the show in a more personal way, you can follow us at uh, patreon.com slash friendly sparring you can sign up one dollar tier gets you access to the fight pick league i have a lot of fun over there i know th- th- there's there's a couple of people on there who don't really listen to the show but they're active in the fight pick league just yeah. for that and it's like hey that's perfectly yeah. fine you're sporting you're cool. that's what we want you know so that's perfect and then obviously the three dollar tier will get you early access to gotcha. audio episodes and five dollar tier will get you early access to video episodes yes um but here are our patrons. We want to give a special shout out to APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Tricky Dick, Mix the Man, Anonymous. I almost said a gender identifier. It wouldn't have been like perfectly anonymous. But uh, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Brian Pichet. Dave, a.k.a. Nobby Buckles, Super Manly Nick, David S., D. Crons, Harry Andrew. By the way, I'm going on his podcast after this. 
um, pick and mix. So quick little plug for that. We're going to yeah. talk about Fantastic Beasts and the Secret of Dumbledore or whatever. Yeah. Secrets of Dumbledore is what it's called. It's not and that. It's like colon. It's like Fantastic Beasts, Secret of Dumbledore, whatever. Anyway, yeah. uh, Aaron Andrew Cakes and QAR, the best people in the world. Thank you so much for supporting us. We love you. Yes, we do. And that is the Friendly Spline Podcast. Yeah, that's it. Although we do have one more thing to talk about, Leo. And I, I, I didn't talk about this because I wanted it to be a surprise. And that is 